it's so good to uh, be here tonight, and uh, hope I hope you guys get some things out of out of tonight. Um, I, <clears throat> if you're here tonight, you obviously feel uh, called to ministry, and uh, I'm going to say some things tonight. And when I say them, um, some of it, some of it that I'm what I'm going to say tonight may ruffle some of your feathers. Um, the first thing that I absolutely need you to know, I, number one, I love you. And I, I want you to be successful in whatever ministry and capacity that God has for you. Whether that's youth pastor, whether that's music, whether that's uh, praise and worship, whether it's um, you know doing teaching, whatever it is, I want you to be successful. And uh, a lot of us go to this church and... And I'll, and I'll state by saying that um, whatever I talk about tonight, um, remember this phrase, taking care of family is a given. Taking care of your family, your children, that's a given. I'm not talking about that kind of ministry tonight. I'm going to talk about something else. And uh, I was in prayer one day and I heard the Lord say this phrase to me. And... Uh, in a minute, I think you'll understand that it makes perfect sense. But I heard him say this phrase. He said, if my church would get concerned with my kingdom, my kingdom would get concerned with their churches. And I was, I was in prayer about that one day. And, and, um, and I want to talk to you tonight about selling out in ministry and what I think that means to sell out. Now, anybody that knows me knows that um, I don't live a normal life. Um, I'm gone probably, I think I preached, I, I think I added it up, uh, I'm not going to give it an exact total, but I think I preached anywhere from 280 to 300 times last year. That's a lot of, that's a lot of time in, in pulpit ministry. And the hours that I drove to do those, the dedication, the, the time away from my family, if you think that's not a sacrifice in ministry, you are out of your mind. And one of the things that I think that, uh, especially in the American culture church right now, is I think that everybody wants a ministry and they think it's going to be easy to have a ministry because there's so many outlets to ministry. I mean, right now, if you wanted to, you could go on Facebook and you could create a platform for yourself and call it ministry. Okay, and I, I'm, not, I'm not being unkind, but, but you can. You, you can call it anything you want to. You could call it Candy Cane Ministry and make it a ministry. And, uh, but, but you and I both know that the fruit of that ministry, you know, equalizes what your ministry is really doing. So just because you say you have a ministry doesn't mean you're in ministry. And I, I think that uh, to do the hours that I put into driving, the preaching, the praying, the being away from home... You don't do it because you have to. You do it because you're called to and you have a burden to. And that, that's the big difference. Now, many of you guys are in local church ministry. Uh, you help out in this local church. But I really don't think that you understand, and, I, and I'm saying this in love, I don't think many of you in this room understand what it really takes and the time away from your family and your activities that it takes to really be involved in a full-fledged 24-7 ministry. 
And I'm going to say that kindly, okay? And I don't mean that. I don't mean it mean. And I'm not saying, well, you're not up to the task or anything like that. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, if you want to be in ministry, I promise you, your goals, your personal activities, your personal leisures, the things you enjoy doing, sometimes get put on hold. If you really want to be in ministry, now. Jesus said some things. I'm going to share with you some things that Jesus said. Now, many of you will agree with me. Many of you don't. I don't care. The word is right. My feelings don't matter. Your feelings don't matter. His letters matter, right? And I want you to open up your Bibles. And I want to encourage you guys as ministry, get back to the hard copy of your Bible. I don't know what it is, but there's something about those pages. I like to turn and read my Bible. I know everybody has electronics and stuff, but even in your, in your personal reading time, I want to encourage you to get back to that, that old-fashioned Bible and turn on the pages, and there's just something about it. But uh, I was reading, and I, I was really studying about this message. About Now, I, I want to I say this right now. Uh, again, I want to emphasize this. Family in your life is a given. In other words, if you don't work, you don't eat. Uh, you don't work, your family don't eat. That taking care of your family is a given. That that should be an automatic thing. We I don't think that God would ever ask you to uh, to to not take care of your family. Uh, uh, nor do I think that would happen. But I will give you some examples of some things that I think that you might not understand if you are in a ministry. But let's read Matthew chapter eight, and I want to start in verse nineteen. And I, I want to just read this slow, and then I'm going I'm to kind of break some of this down and tell you some things the Lord shared with me. And I'm just going to give them to you like he gave me, if that's all right. All right, you ready? He said, Every tree that bringeth forth not fruit, good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. Uh, uh, wait a minute, I'm wrong, wrong passage. 19, sorry. A certain scribe came and said unto him, uh, Am I am this right? Matthew 8. Let me make sure I'm right. Matthew 8, 19. Through 23. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure I was in the right place. All right, now Jesus, uh, verse 19, a certain scribe said unto him, Master, I will follow thee wherever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, the, uh, the birds have air to nest, but the Son of Man hath not a place to lay his head. And another, dis another one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury the dead. Now that's a strong statement. That's a strong statement. Now that right there is not preached in the 21st century church. I can guarantee you. It ain't preached. Okay, now. Let me explain to you what I mean by this. These passages mean this right here. Every great anointing always has a crazy price to be paid. Every great anointing has an insane price to be paid. You want a miracle-working anointing? I promise you, you're going to be fasting some meals. You want, you want a soul-winning anointing? You're going, to be, you're going to be studying on every soul winner from 1902 to right now. And you're going, to, you're going to be figuring out what they did, how they did it, and it's going to cost you... Time, effort, money, resources, because nothing in this world, I don't care what they tell you, is free. Nothing. You don't preach for free. Uh, it costs me $1,200 a month just to go preach the gospel. Costs me that just to go and minister at other churches. That's my budget. Just to go out from my house to other churches, that's my expenses alone. Just, just flat gas, food, 
hotels, it's $1,200 a month. That's what I pay to go preach the gospel. The preaching the gospel costs you everything. And I don't think that we, I mean, now listen to me. What, I, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is this. I, I've got some points that God gave me, but don't, don't be walking around telling everybody you're a preacher if you're not willing to pay that kind of price. And I, and I say that in, in the deepest of love as possible. It costs you everything. So here's some things that God began to speak to me. In Matthew 8 here, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and this guy just buries his father, and uh, this, guy, guy, this guy's dad just dies. And let me tell you what Jesus said to him. Focus on your calling. That's number one. Jesus said, listen, I know your dad just died. I know it's a sad thing. I know it's a painful thing. I'm sorry. I hate that. But your spiritual work is more important than you burying your father. Now, man, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's some molasses right there. I mean, now, now, now listen to me. I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that if one of your folks dies, you can't go to the funeral or anything like that, okay? That, that's not what I'm, I'm getting at here, and I don't think that's what Jesus was getting at. Jesus was saying, listen, now, now, now you break this down. What could that God do to, for his father another moment of his life? Nothing. He couldn't do anything for him. Couldn't, couldn't help him. Couldn't, couldn't get him better. Couldn't do anything. And Jesus was saying, listen, don't neglect the spiritual things that are majorly important over things that have no eternal significance. And you think about that. No eternal significance. This guy burying his dad had no eternal significance. He said, but the stuff I'm going to tell you so you can preach to people five years from now is going to have major eternal significance. And if you go bury your dad, you're, not, you're, you're going to miss something big that I'm going to tell you. You're going to miss some things that I'm... A, I, I, don't, I don't think Jesus didn't care. I, I don't think it was, it was not that Jesus didn't care about his dad. That, that's not the issue. The issue was... I've got some spiritual things that you've got to get down in your spirit to be successful. And in order to do that, you're going to have to neglect, watch this, your personal pain to finance, to fund, and promote my kingdom. <laughs> now, now, now listen to me. Let's go back to the first statement. Listen, listen to this statement right here. If my, if my people will get concerned with my kingdom... My kingdom will get concerned with their churches. Or in other words, you're going to have to personally, financially fund, financially sacrifice, physically sacrifice in order to get my kingdom promoted on this earth. And there's going to be times it's going to create earthly pain, but there'll always be an eternal reward. Man, that's strong. And then I heard the Lord say this, what you focus on, number two, is what grows. Now, if you, if you were to, now I know James Johnson is here, and for those of you listening on my podcast right now, uh, let me tell you something, he is, he is an entrepreneur, he is a man of God, got great gifts and talents, and he's got wealth on his life. And, uh, but you asked James, and when he first started landscaping, it started out with one contract, maybe two contracts, maybe three contracts. Let me tell you what them guys did though. When everybody else was tired, and everybody else was wanting to go home and, and wanting not, not wanting other jobs. They were working till dark. They were trying to get new numbers. They were putting themselves in positions that was hurting right now. But five years later, 
He's now got a business place. He's now got rock and gravel and grass and all of these other things that people are going to now come. And the only place in town that's now going to be able in our town to go get gravel, to go while everybody else was tired and wanting to go home, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I want to see my business flourish, I'm going to have to financially sacrifice. I'm going to have to physically sacrifice. And I'm going to have to do some things that everybody else is not willing to do to promote my business. Why do we think that's okay for a physical business, but we don't think that's okay for kingdom business? Now, that's big. And it's more important than your business. It's more important than your family. I'm going to say it. Now, I love my family. I love my kids. But let me explain this to you. The Holy Ghost is the only person I cannot live without. I love my wife. I mean, I, I pretty much worship the ground she walks on. Now, are we like every married couple and have our spats? Well, sure we do. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's, now, now I can talk to her that way, but you ain't going to. Right? You, you, can, you, can, you can say certain, you, I can say certain things that you'll never be able to say. Why? Because that's my lady. Right? If, if, I, if I have that kind of attitude towards my wife and she's significant to me, she's important to me, but I promise you I can live without her if I've got God, if I've got the presence of God. And I think that sometimes we get so hung up on this, we get so hung up on this live, and, and listen, I, I believe you should enjoy life. I believe you should enjoy you, you know, your, the, the life that God has given you. I understand all of that. I'm not above any of that. But I promise you there is nobody in this room that will lay down more things for me to, that, that in, in, in this room that will lay down more than anything that I would to go preach a service. And I've proved it over and over and over. Uh, yeah, well, that cookout sounds fun, but I, I got revival. I don't know how many things I've missed. So what you focus on grows. So guys, I'm, let, me, let, me just say, let me just stop right here and say this, and I mean this with all sincerity. You want this church to grow? You're going to have to focus on it. You're going to have to focus on it. You're going to have to focus on getting families here. You're going to have to focus, and you might not be the one preaching. You might not be the one ministering, but if it's your church, it shouldn't matter. If it's your ministry, I mean, you're a part of this ministry, so it shouldn't matter. So, so uh, I mean, get, get, it, get, it, get it in your head. If you want this place to grow and you want your ministry inside this place to grow, you're going to have to put some focus and emphasis on it. That means there's going to be times, fellas, we want to go hunting and we can't because we got church business. Huh? There might be times, Jeremiah, you want to go to a movie, but, but there's a teen revival and, and somebody's wanting you to preach and, and God's called you to preach. And you might have to just say, hey, buddies, I'd love to go hang out with you, but I can't because there's some souls at stakes. Listen to me. When we are a small church, but I'm going to tell you something that's very dangerous. When you no longer think that miracles are at stake because you're a small church, there's something wrong. Every service in this place, I guarantee you this number, learn this right now. Somebody in this room, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, somebody's needing a touch from God. Somebody's needing a touch from, from heaven. Somebody's needing heaven to move on their life. Don't just think as this is church. This ain't just church. Okay? Uh, what I'm saying is strong tonight, but it's fruitful. It's fruitful. Go with me to Luke chapter 9. This is almost the same story, 
But I want to show you something a little bit different. I got a little more out of this passage, and I, and, I, and I begin to dissect it just a little bit more. Let's go to 58, verse 58. And I want to, look, I want to start there, and uh, we're going to kind of start, start in the same spot. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds have air uh, to nest, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Now, watch what he says here. The foxes have holes, birds have air, uh, have, have a place to nest. The Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. So many of you in this room, I could already, I could feel it. How in the world are you going to say that you can tell me I've got to give up more than what I'm given? Well, let me just explain this to you. Because realize Jesus did it first before he asked you to do it. This guy ain't got a house to live in. Right here, I don't have a bed, I don't have a pillow, but I'm preaching the kingdom. I'm going from Capernaum to Jerusalem, to Jerusalem. I'm going to all the, I don't have a place to lay my head, I don't have dresser drawers, I don't have it all figured out. I, he said, but I can tell you one thing I've got, I've got figured out. He said, I, I've got the kingdom inside of me and I've got, to, I've got to get it out. Let me tell you something, Jesus is not asking you to sacrifice something he did not already sacrifice. See, I think we get this all, we get, we get well, I'm going to tell you right now, we're in the 21st century. Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, I don't like the 21st century. I don't like it. I don't. I, don't, I, I was. Uh, I, I was driving driving home, and I was just kind of thinking about some things. And man, I'll tell you what. I I'm uh, I'm not I'm not into the 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 theatrics that this culture has brought to church. Now I understand you got to change with the times, and I'm willing to adapt. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to do all those things. But I am telling you right now, I am not willing to trade that for the power of God. I'm not willing to trade that. I don't care. I don't care what it takes. I am not willing to trade the power of God to make, to make somebody like what we're doing. Now, I'll change and I'll adapt and I'll try to make it better and funner and more interesting. But I'm telling you right now, I'd rather have the power of God and have 50 people that have 250 people and not see God move in one service. Now, well, Brother Strong, you can say that. I promise you, I promise you there'll be the, the, bit, the biggest 50 tithers. There'll be the greatest 50 givers. There'll be the most hungry 50 people for the presence of God. Then I would rather have 50 that are strong and in, in large and in charge than have 250. Now, I believe God wants us to grow us, but I'm not willing to sacrifice theatrics to, to translate into the power of God. And if we ever want to go where God wants us to go, let me tell you what it's going gonna, it's gonna to take. It's going to take some blood. It's going to take some sweat. It's going to take some tears. It's going to take some sacrifices. And you might even have to say, I don't have a place to lay my head, but I got the kingdom and I can preach it. Now that's, now that's, uh, that's big right there. True story. I know of one pastor did this twice had millions of dollars, sowed everything out of his ministry. His accountant came to him. This happened twice. This one instance I know for sure. Came to him and said, listen, we only have $56,000 in our account right now. You have to pay the ministry bills. You've got to save 50000 of that. You've got to keep it because if you don't, we won't be able to pay the bills tomorrow. He said, that's not what God told me to do. He said to sow it and he went down to zero. Can you sacrifice like that? 
for the gospel of Christ. Now, whew, that's, a, that's a tough question. If you really think about it, he had 50,000 left, 56,000. He said, I, I can let you go six, but you got to leave 50, you got to leave 50,000 in the bank account just to pay the bills. And he said, that's not what God told me to do, so it all. He sowed down to zero for the gospel. Now, let's go to number four. You have to understand that other people, places, and things might have to wait when it comes to your assignment. <laughs> I want to say that again. I'm going to let that slowly digest. People, places, and things might have to wait when it comes to your God-given kingdom assignment. Now, let me show you what I mean by that. I, uh, uh, let, let me, let me, let, first, let me show you this verse. Uh, we read 58 there. Uh, let's go down to 61. And another also said, Lord, will I follow thee, but let me first bid farewell to them that are at home at my house. Read 62. Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looked back is fit for the kingdom of God. Another strong statement by Jesus. Now watch this. I fly to North Carolina. I start a revival. I fly in on Saturday. I start a revival on Sunday. On Monday, my wife's grandma dies. I don't have the money to change my ticket. The pastor, we just started, he spent buku dollars of advertisement. I called my wife and said, hey, you know, what do you want me to do? I, I don't know if I can get home. I don't know what to do. We're, we're kind of stuck. And she said, listen, we're just going to have to do what we have to do. Grandma would want you to be preaching. Don't worry about it. Sometimes people, places, and things are going to have to wait on your kingdom assignment. Man, I wanted to be there. I know how close my wife and her family are. But what can you do? And, 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 and many of you said, well, I'll tell you right now, I know what I'd do. I'd have been in the first plane. You don't know because you wasn't there. And I'm telling you, there are times when you want to do things, but you're on an assignment and you can't drop what you want to do and do it. You've got to fulfill what God's asked you to do. Because listen to me, your resources, your time, and your investment are not the only investment. Other pastors have invested. Other people have invested. Man, I'm telling you right now, I, no joke, last Christmas, uh, I got called to do a Christmas Eve service. As a, as a, or a, yeah, as a Christmas service right before Christmas time. I drove six hours in an ice storm at 20 miles an hour. And the pastor, when I got there, said, if it had been anybody else, they would have canceled on me. Man, when you're on an assignment, I'm, 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 I've slid down the road. I got up, I got up down there. Uh, what's that, uh, James, right there on uh, Fulton? I got near Fulton. 
and I, I was pulling, I was pulling, and all of a sudden I barely tap on the brakes, and I'm, I mean, I'm going 25 mile an hour. I slide 30 feet and barely, barely get back on the road, and I'm, but I'm still slowly driving, putting around 20, all up through Highway 19, all the way up, all the way down, and finally I get a break when I get, when I get to stinking on the Iowa line, I finally get a little break, and and the pastor says, man, if it had been anybody else, they'd have canceled me. What took me, should have taken me five hours, took me almost nine hours. Other people, other places, other things might have to wait when it comes on your assignment. Jesus said, hey man, listen, I want to go, go tell these guys buy in my house. Jesus said, listen to me. Don't go tell them buy. Don't, don't, don't take time to do that because what we're doing is more important. You got to understand, uh, here, here's what's crazy to me. You don't hear anybody say anything about a soldier that will leave his family for a year. To the world, he's a hero. But if a guy goes on a road trip to preach the gospel for three or four weeks, now he doesn't love his family. We got that backwards. We got it backwards. Because we're, we're, what, what we're doing for God is way more important. I, lo I love our nation. And what, I'm not saying what they're doing is not important, but, I mean, souls are way more important than our borders being guarded. Can I get an amen? amen. Not that I would demean anything that the, the army, you know what I'm saying, Sherman? I don't, I, don't mean, I don't demean our armed forces at all. What I'm saying is we got it backwards. We got it uncalibrated. We got it out of balance. Jesus said, man, what I'm taking care of is way more important than what you're taking care of. So understand that other people, places, and things might not, they, they might not be able, you, you might have to put them on hold until your kingdom assignment is done. All right, here's, here's number five. Kingdom business comes before any other business. You, uh, before, you get to, before you get to hoofling up here and preaching and snorting and hollering and shouting, uh, do me a favor. Before you get a commitment to preach, if you tell somebody you'll clean the toilet, clean the toilet. Because if you don't clean the toilet, but you want to preach, if I can't depend on you to, to clean the toilet, how am I going to depend on you to get behind the pulpit? Well, Brother Strong, you, you, listen, I've been in a suit and tie vacuuming water right out of that floor. I've, I've, done, I've done crazy things. I've changed tires. I've, I've done crazy stuff. I, I've... I've, I've Knuckles bleed and went to the pulpit preaching because my car broke down. You know, you, you got to understand kingdom business is greater than any other business. Jesus significantly tells them this. Don't just go hang out with your pals and tell them bye because what I'm getting ready to tell you is going to affect you forever. I think that we've got this, I think we've got this concept of church. Now listen to me. I think that we've got this concept of church all down wrong. We're having church instead of understanding that we're building a kingdom. We're not, just, we're not just having a service. We're not, we're not just showing up and having another time or, or another fellowship meeting. We're here adding another block, another, another portion to God's kingdom. We're building off the solid rock and the foundation. All right, here's, here's, number, here's number six, and I want to get this really clear. Your, your calling is not a job. It's a calling. Your calling is not a job. It's a calling. Man, that's why, I can, that's why I can get in the car, I can drive 15 hours, be exhausted, get there and preach, and somebody get a miracle because I understand one thing. 
I'm, I may be tired, but my calling has something inside of me that a job can't complete for me. There are days like any other thing, in, in, even in ministry, there are days that you don't want to get in your car, you don't want to make the trip, or you don't want to get to the church, you're, 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 you know, you've had a frustrating week or whatever, whatever scenario that you're in in ministry. But understand this, that it goes beyond a job and it gets into a calling when you deal with people. I, I've often said this and I say it a million times, you, when you are finished preaching, when you are finished uh, doing all of your stuff, people are your investment. People are your investment, not, not the buildings, not the programs, not the song you sing, not the messages that you preach. People are your investment. You are not, you are, people are not a job, people are a calling. And I think sometimes, you know, we, we, got, this, we got this all backwards. You know, Jesus is like, hey man, he's like, uh, he's like can, I go say, can I go say bye to my buddies? He said, listen, you're called to do something greater than you. See, when you're called to do something greater than you, preaching when you're tired don't matter. You know, tithing when you don't, when you don't really have it don't matter. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Giving when you don't feel like you have it don't matter because you know you're called to do. Listen, and I'm telling you right now, uh, and I'm going to say this to all of you that are in this room that you are in ministry, uh, don't think, don't think, uh, don't act like you're just another average church member. People are watching you. I'm on my son all the time. Son, I don't think every song in the world is a bad song. I don't think every non-Christian song is a bad song. But you got to use wisdom when it comes to things like that. Why? Because everybody's not going to see it like I see it. So people are watching you. People are watching your actions. People are watching you how you treat other people. People are watching how you shake people's hands. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're called to ministry and you've got a calling on your life, now don't, now don't, not, I, I'm not talking about anybody in this room. This is a basic statement. I want to tell you some things that I've, I've seen on the road and I've seen not only at this church but other churches. Uh, man, don't be calling yourself a ministry and, and, and you don't show up on time. I mean, man, somebody, I, I love brother, I love Sam Woods. He is my pal. He is one of my greatest mentors. But I'm telling you what, he's the latest son of a gun I've ever met in my life. And I am completely opposite of that. I don't want to show up 20 minutes late. I don't want to show up 10 minutes late. I want to get there early. I want to get the, I want to get the feel for the atmosphere. You can, tell a lot, you can tell a lot about a room and the atmosphere when you get there. You can tell, you can tell where the people are. You can tell what they're doing. You can tell what they're not doing. You can tell what they're focused on. You can sure tell what they're not focused on. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to spend 30 minutes of my day trying to get you caught up with me because you want to talk, talk about hair salons 30 minutes before service. Huh? You, you, you hear what I'm saying? I'm, I'm here on business. I'm here to get somebody healed. I'm here to, I'm believing God for somebody to be delivered. I'm believing God for somebody to be set free and changed. I'm not here. And, and listen, we can have social time after. Man, somebody needs a miracle this morning, right? So your calling is not a job. It's a calling. Man, I got an itch. Man, when I get to a place and I'm preaching there, I got an itch. I'm ready to lay my hands on anything that moves, anything that breathes. Why? Because I know the power of God is on me at that moment. I got the, I got the authority. I've got the, I've got the ability. I've got, listen, listen to what I'm saying. God's put me here that day for a reason. I'm the one God is going to use. 
Understand that. There's, there is a man, when, uh, listen to me, this is important. When Pastor Tommy leaves on vacation and he says, Hey, Brother James, God, I, I want you to preach this service. Let me tell you what God's looking at that like. God has just put James in charge of that service. He is in authority of that place. He is over those people's souls that day. It is his business. It is his commission. He is the one that's got the power of God greater than anybody in that room. Why? Because God has placed him at that place because he was called on that day to do it. Mm, I'm telling you, man. I feel Y'all feel what I'm saying? I feel it right now. You, you, it's not just you preaching. No, God's got it, it written in heaven already right now. That day, that moment, you are anointed and chosen by God. When Seth gets ready to do this Super Bowl Sunday, he is called by God, chosen by God, anointed by God. When, that is his moment. That is his time. He's got the authority. He's got the power of God. He can step out and do anything above anybody in that room. He's Superman for that day. Why? Because the Holy Ghost has given his authority to Seth to orchestrate. As, as, as a moving of the Holy Spirit vessel on the earth that day. It is important you understand it's not another service. God called you and anointed you and put you in charge of that place. All right, here's, here's another thing right here. I'm getting ready to deal with something big and I'm, I'm talking to every single minister in this room. Your indecisiveness can create a wavy path. Now watch this, what I mean by this. You can't be a preacher February and then not be a preacher in March, April, and May. And then pre be a preacher again back in June when you feel good and ready. Any man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy and not fit for the kingdom of God. Now watch this. What happens when you get a... Now, now all, all of you guys that are country boys... Let's go back and do a little Sunday. Let's do a little Sunday school lesson. You got an ox. You drive that ox. You're in charge of where that line is going with that plow. So what's God saying? You better be ready to decide you're in ministry before you put your hand to that plow. Because if you look back, you're going to end up over there and you're going to end up having to do a zigzag to get back to the original line. Watch, watch, watch what I'm saying here. You can't, be a, you can't be a preacher in February, be a preacher in March, kind of veer off over here in April and May, and then try to get back to your original line in June. Well, I think I'm ready to preach now. No, 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 no. When God called you, let me explain this to you, He did not change His mind because you had a bad month. He did not change His mind because you had a frustrating day at work. He didn't, listen to me, I'm, I'm getting ready to get real with you. He didn't change his mind because you slipped up and said a cuss word. Okay, now, I, now refrain from language, okay? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that's okay, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying there are, there are sins that happen, you understand, but just because you sinned and made, made a mistake and fall short does not mean that you are not a ministry in April. But I'm going to tell you what happened. If you start doubting what God's called you to do and you start doing this all the time, and you ain't got nothing but a wavy path all the way down to the end of the destination. Decide what you want to be and go after it. If you want to be a youth pastor... Let me tell you something. I, I love James Johnson. I appreciate everything he's doing for the youth. But that guy has not promised to be over the youth for the next 40 years. Don't get that in your head. Don't get that in your head. There's promotions available. What if he moves up to associate pastor one day? Somebody else is going to have to step in and fill that position. 
I'm, I'm telling you, don't, don't get stuck on this thing that, well, man, you know, uh, somebody's going to be there for, for, forever. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know, you don't know what, you, you understand what I'm saying to you? Nobody, and I'm going to tell you something, nobody's irreplaceable. We're not, we're not just, we, ain't, we don't have the patent on ministry. Uh, just because I've got good ideas don't mean it's the best idea. God's, God, you hear what I'm saying? This is big now. This is big. I'm, I'm, I'm talking real big right now. You, you, you gotta, you gotta get out of this thing that, well, I might, I might, I, you know, I'll do it whenever pastor asks me. No, I mean, man, I'm telling you right now, if I got four minutes and I, I only got four minutes to play in the Super Bowl, he said, listen, you got 36 seconds. We're, we're gonna throw a long bomb pass. You got 36 seconds. This is your moment. I'm not gonna drop that ball. I'm gonna be hungry. I'm gonna be thirsty to get in that end zone. Ain't nobody in the world gonna tackle me. You better look at ministry like that. Maybe I'm ready. Man, listen, before you ever get to give a word, you better have one in your womb. God's got a word for you to put in your spirit. Be ready in season, out of season. Pastor might call on you tomorrow and say, hey, I want you to do a, a pop-up sermon on Sunday morning. I'm not going to preach today. You're going to preach today. And let the power of God show up inside of you. Why? Because you were ready. Because you were hungry. You were thirsty. You had a calling on the inside of you. And you're not going to the left or the right. You're not veering over. You're not doing a wavy path. But you know exactly what you're called to do. You know exactly exactly who you are and nobody in this world can change that destiny for you because you're called by God. Be decisive that you are in ministry. I'm, a, I'm in ministry. Now to, to what end that is or promotion, that'll come later. Man, just enjoy the ride. I think most Christians get, listen to this scripture. Jesus said this. He said, listen, I'm going to invite you into the room and I'm going to have you a seat at the table. He said, but I've got a seat that's going to be designed for you later and it's right next to me. He said, and when it's time, I'll call for you. But until then, just be glad you're in the room. Oh. See, I think we put, I think we put it with, don't, don't, don't be so, don't be so messed up because you're not, you're not doing exactly what you want to be doing right now. There's going to be a moment. God's going to call your number. It's Super Bowl time. There's 30 seconds left. I need you to catch that pass. You only got 30 seconds. Man, y'all feel, y'all feel me? Y'all feel me? Y'all dig it? Somebody say, I dig it. Listen, your indecisiveness can create a wavy path. Man, determine you're going to be a ministry. Determine that's what you're going after. Determine that's, determine that's God's will for your life. All right. Listen, ministry. Uh, I, I wanna, I'm, number eight, I want to give you some things about ministry real quick. And uh, I've got 20 minutes and I've got a few more points. And so uh, I'm going to try to get this done. Uh, give you an hour because some of you are... Uh, but you know what? You're in a ministry. And if I go a little longer than an hour, you should be able to take it because you're, you're not just an average church member. You're in ministry. I'll tell you what, let me show you what I mean about, let me show you what I mean about uh, the Super Bowl. Anybody was, how many of you were here Sunday night? Did anybody just get encouraged by Jacqueline's word? I, I mean, man, I, 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 she, made, she made me want to climb a mountain. Man, I, I could have I went out of here and climbed a mountain. And uh, man, you know, you talk about a moment. huh? She had one moment to minister, and she, she didn't even talk for three minutes. But I'm telling you what, she told exactly what God said. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? She had a Super Bowl moment. She encouraged me. I, I, I mean, she encouraged me. I mean, man, she said, God's going to restore me. God's going to rejuvenate me. God's going to refresh me. I was like, praise God, He's going to rejuvenate me too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right? right? I mean, I, I, she had me ready to preach, man. I, I'm, I'm sitting there stealing the message the whole time. God said, rejuvenate. I, man, I, it's a new prophetic word. Right? Man, never mind. Y'all can't have fun around here, I guess. If you're in ministry at this church, uh, I, I want you to understand something. Don't just be concerned about your ministry. Be concerned about other ministries you're involved with. All right? I got a personal ministry. But I have always cared what happens to our church. Always. I have always cared what happens to our church. Um, I, was at a, at, I was at a conference this last couple of days. And uh, I, told a, I told a young evangelist, I said, listen, I got a couple of conferences. I'll tell you what. I said, uh, why don't you come by and uh, I'll give you a table to set up at the back. I'll give you five minutes of an, you know, to just a shot in the arm. Maybe some pastors will hear you. And uh, he said, man, usually evangelists are scared to death to invite other evangelists. I said, not me. I want to build your ministry as well as my ministry. That's why I don't ever hurt for a place to preach. Come on now. You've got to get con so so let me explain to you some things I want you to get about our church. Get concerned about church growth here. Get concerned about getting people to come here. Get get con make that make that a personal mission. You know, uh, let's let's have a goal. You know, uh, I think one of the goals that we could set is lighthouse ministry workers. Let's get five new families before the end of 2019. Five new families. Five new families in our church would be a game changer. And not a one, not a one amen. Listen to me. Five families in our church in the next year could be a game changer for us. Because those five families know other families. Those people know other people. Okay? Man, I was so encouraged to see Rich's brother walk in on Wednesday night. And now he's here on a Saturday. Listen to me. He's here on a Saturday night. Right? Come on now. Come on. I, listen. Celebrate people's small progress. That may not be, that may not be, no, well, it ain't nothing for me to come on a Saturday night. Okay, well, well let, me, let, me, let me just give you another star for your badge. We're glad. We're glad. We, we understand. You can make that. But I'll tell you right now, everybody came. It ain't, it ain't that easy for everybody. Right? Cause, why? Because we're all on different levels. We're all growing. We're all, I mean, I mean, we're all at different levels. We're all at different places. But we're doing it together and we're building a kingdom, right? Listen, get concerned about pastor's vision as much as your own vision. Get concerned with pastor's vision as much as your own vision. I think a lot of times us as ministry, we think that God has just got our ministry and I'm called to preach. I'm called to... Listen, when I go into a church, let me, t let me tell you what I tell pastors. My, my heart is to come alongside of you and to help your church flourish and prosper. That's my heart. That's my goal. That's my passion. My passion is connect with those pastors. Connect with those families at that church. Uh, I, I called a, a, a pastor, texted me the other day and said, Hey, this family, I'm kind of I'm close to this family in this one particular church. And they're like, Hey, uh, they're, hey man, I just want to let you know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, 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 he said, uh, she's in the hospital. She's having some problems with her baby. And so I called her dad. And the pastor, while I'm on the phone with him, he's in the hospital with him. I didn't know he was. I called him up and I'm encouraging him and saying, Hey man, we're praying for you and your family. And uh, he sent me a picture of a stallion. He said, I got a lot of ponies, but I only got one stallion. Huh? 
Why? Because I'm not just concerned with my ministry. I'm concerned with His people. I'm, now, I'm not calling them up and trying to get money from them. I'm not, he, he, to, he texted me and told me. He told me because I, you know, I'm close to that family. He said, hey, man, you, just, you need to know. So I called them. You know, he, he said, oh, he said, man, that encouraged him. He said he got off the phone with me and he said, I can't believe Brother Strong called me. Why? Because I'm not concerned with just my ministry. I'm concerned with other people's ministry and other people's visions. I want those families to get plugged in with that church. Come on. I, you, you hear what I'm saying to you? So get concerned about pastor's vision. Get, I, mean, I mean, take him to breakfast. Hey, what's your vision for our church? What do you, where do you see our church in five years? What's, what's some short-term and long-term goals you have for our church? You know, you know what I mean? Start asking those kind of questions. And if he don't know, then he needs to pray and get some answers. Hear, hear what I'm saying to you. Enlarge your territory. It's not just about your ministry. Because guess what? You're ministering in a hill of beans without the kingdom of God. We're building a kingdom. My, my ministry should be springboarding off your ministry. Your ministry should be springboarding off my ministry. We're building a kingdom. Okay? Listen, find out what our church's purpose is. One of the things that I, I really want to bring to the table this year is I want us as a church to have an identity. I want us to know what we are, know who we are, know what we're doing. And uh, you're going to be seeing some of that. So, so find, out, find out what your church's purpose is, your ministry purpose, other than just your ministry. Understand that. I'm adding to your ministry here. I'm not, just, I'm not just telling you to boost this in your ministry. I'm adding to your ministry. It's not just about you and what you're doing and what you're preaching and who you're going to do. It's about building the kingdom of God. I'll tell you what. I never will forget this. It was one of the most devastating things that ever had happened to me as a youth pastor. I was, uh, uh, you remember Derek? You remember Derek Chad, your cousin Chad? Uh, I, I was youth pastoring, and uh, I took this kid, Derek, from man when he was like 12 years old. I put him under my wing. I got him. Listen, he plays the guitar today because I pushed him beyond all limitations. I said, you can do it. I'm hard, ain't I, Rich? They love you as a worship leader, buddy. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't handle me, I'll tell you that. And uh, I, I, I pushed him. I pushed him. And, man, he got to playing that guitar. And at that time, we were really small. And so we were, we were meeting with another church, and our youth groups were exploding. We, had, we, we both went, I think when we first started out, we had like 14 kids. By the time we ended it, we both together had 50 kids. Those two churches brought 50. I mean, we had people coming from the Baptist church to joining our church. I mean, it was, it was great. Well, Derek, Derek's family would not come here and uh, for personal reasons. I think a lot of it had to do with his past and things that people knew and that kind of thing. And, and, and that's neither here nor there. But I couldn't get him to come here. Derek loved our church. Loved our church. And he came to me one day and he said, listen. He said, I'm going to have to go to Cross Creek because my parents will go with me to Cross Creek. And I'm going to tell you something. At first, my flesh didn't like it. But let me tell you what. The kingdom of God advanced that day. Now listen to me. When we get past them just being involved with our church, we'll build something that's worth lasting. And we can't be so concerned with our ministry and our church that we're not willing to share. Huh? Listen to me now. Listen to me. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean this the way that it sounds, but we got a lot of in-house ministry here. 
someday God's going to bring promotion to some of those ministries. Listen to me now. And we can't get jealous and scared because we're not advancing us. We're advancing the kingdom. Now that's, now that's, some, that's some medicine to swallow. But it's true. And we better get that kind of heart if we want to grow. We better get, and I'm not talking about just the church. I'm talking about as ministers. We better get that kind of heart of, if we want to grow as ministry. Because it's not just about what I'm building. It's not just about what I'm gaining. It's about me reproducing. Listen, do you understand something right now? Listen to me. If you hear anything that I say tonight, listen to this. Satan is more concerned with your reproduction than he is with your ministry. Because what you reproduce will outlast what you do on the earth. Oh, oh what a word. Huh? My, the devil, listen, the devil's worried about me because I, I carry the power. But I'm going to tell you what he's really worried about. He's worried about my two kids. Why? Because they're going to they're gonna raise their kids. Come on, listen to me. And they're going to reproduce. And then their kids are going to reproduce. And their kids are going to... He's mad because I got them. I got them in church right now. He's, he's, worried about, he's worried about Tatum and Justin and Jenna. And he's worried about Andrew that's soon to be coming. He's worried about Jackson and Abby. He's worried about Faith and Aspen and Kara. He's worried about Charmaine. He's worried about you know Kylie and all these little kids. Why? Because when they start reproducing... When they start burning, listen, all that seed that's been planted, come on, what happens when you plant a coconut? It grows and then it produces what? Other coconuts. When those seeds that we planted in those kids start reproducing, the seeds that we planted in Rich, come on, years ago, are now reproducing. Why? Now he's leading. Come on, he was in a jail cell smoking some methamphetamine and crack pipe. Now he's up here leading people, preaching. Come on, how many know he's reproducing now? See, Satan is not concerned with your ministry as much as he is your reproduction hmm? so get so so plant get listen make some plans on your own to make this place grow mm. I love what I'm preaching some of your flesh don't but I sure like it all right you ready I want you to I want you to recognize this Jesus wants both. Jesus wants your kingdom and Jesus wants the family. How can you have a kingdom without family and how can you have family without the kingdom? What? When God wanted a family, what did He do? He sowed a son that would establish His kingdom on the earth and create new families. Everything God does is through the kingdom of God through families. I think that I think that one of the things that we have really done well as a church is entertaining, entertaining the young kids when, when they get on our nerves, right? I mean, man, there's a lot of times they're up here. They, sometimes they don't know what they're doing. They, don't, you know, they, re they really don't know what they're doing yet. But I tell you what, I'd rather have that than them sitting in the back somewhere playing with cars. Come on, color on a coloring book. We got kids up here, man, lifting their hands, shouting to God. Why? Because we're building a kingdom through our families. Right? 
So you understand Jesus wants both. Jesus wants the kingdom built and wants your family built. All right. Here's the last one I want to give you tonight, and this is really big. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 10, and I want to look at verse 17 real quick. Luke chapter 10 and verse number 17. Sure, I got it. Hang on, I think I lost it here. Oh, yeah, excuse me, it's, it's Mark 10. Mark 10, sorry, not Luke. Mark 10. Mark 10. And let's look at verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said, why callest thou me good? There's only one that is good, uh, and that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and thy mother. And then he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, Thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and take up thy cross and follow me. Now, I don't want you to focus on the eternal life part here. This guy is a good guy. He said, I've done all these things. I want you to focus on the statement that Jesus says here. This is, this is huge. Watch what he says here. He said, one thing thou lackest. Let me, let me, now let me break this down to you in modern English. You've still got more you can give up. <laughs> You've still got more you can lay down. Forget, I'm not talking, I mean, money is just one thing, okay? You've got talents you can still lay down. You've got resources you can still lay down. You've got abilities you can still lay down. You've got things that you can still give up to build the gospel through your ministry. And I think so many times we look and think, man, how much more can I really give? Well, I can assure you, there's a whole lot more in you than you realize to give up. Now let's now let's start with simple let's start with simple things. How many of you could honestly don't raise your hands because I don't want anybody to don't you don't need it, but just just think about what I'm asking. How many of you could put down the remote and read your Bible 30 minutes longer every day. We got things to give up. We just don't want to admit that we do. <laughs> and that's me, that's, that's everybody, that's me included, right? And I think that if we're not careful, man, this guy's like, man, I've done all these things. 
And Jesus pinpoints something. Yeah, but. <laughs> I know you're all that in a bag of chips, but let me bring a little light into an area in your life that you ain't got it yet. I, I, think, that, I think that we work hard in ministry. I, 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 think, I think that a lot of people in our church work really hard. I, I, I think, you know, you got, you got people working 12, 12 hours a day at the boat plant and then coming and laboring at their church, and, and I'm thankful for that. But don't sell yourself short in your ministry thinking that that's all you've got because there's more to give than that. Now, you might say, Brother Strong, that's kind of mean. Well, I, I kind of I kind of thought, notice the Bible said that Jesus loved him but still said. Just because I'm saying that to you doesn't mean that I'm not proud of you. Doesn't mean that I don't love you. Doesn't mean that I don't, what I think is what you're doing is awesome. Because it is. It's a sacrifice. But don't sell yourself short in thinking that that's all there is to give up. I mean, man, how many, how, don't raise your hand again, but how many times was there a prayer meeting that you probably could have came to, but you was tired? How many, how many revival services could you stay just a little bit longer? You know, whatever. Well, I mean, what, it, it could be different for everybody. But what I'm saying is, don't get stuck in this trap that you think all you're giving up is enough. I'm, uh, I'm fasting right now. I did five days with just nothing except just water, basically, and a little bit of coffee. And then uh, I've been doing every day from midnight to five of every day. And man, I'm telling you, when, when you're sitting in the car and somebody's got fries... You know, and I'm thinking, how much more can I give up? You know what I mean? How much more? Can I, well, you, you know, hey, you don't need to watch that show tonight. You need to go read. Turn the TV off. How much more can I give up? And it's like every time you ask, don't ask if you don't want to know. And I think that us as ministry here and in our own personal ministries, hey, God, what areas do we need to lay down? so we can be more productive for your kingdom in our church. That's huge. Because here's the thing. It's all a sacrifice, man. Ain't ne nothing you do for ministry or God not going to not be a sacrifice. <laughs> it just ain't, ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. I think that we think that it is, but it's not. Everything, I mean, it's, I mean there, there's, there's always something to sacrifice. Time, talents, gifts. And my thing is this, again, not that I'm not proud of you, not that I'm not excited for you, not that I'm not thinking what you're doing is awesome. Don't just get stuck in that box. Pray the prayer of Jabez, God enlarge my territory. But what comes with that, what comes with that prayer right there? Moving the tent stake. <laughs> you now got to pull that thing up. You've now got to inch it over five feet. Now you've got to tighten the ropes down and now you've got to redrive the stake. It's work, man. It's work. Ministries work on any level. I mean, man, praise and worship team, it's work. It's work getting up there doing it. I understand. It's giving of yourself. 
But do me a favor, guys. Don't limit yourself to just that. Learn, man, I mean, get bold. Hey, Brother James, can I, can I do youth service one Sunday morning? You're a five-fold minister? Ask. I mean, man, we got them. Why not, why not set them up and you know, clear it with pastor, obviously. Clear it with the right channels of authority, obviously. But hey, pastor, could I ask James if I could preach? Yeah, 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 do that on that one Sunday morning. Or whatever, whenever, however. But man, get bold. Get, get, man, I would 